Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players in the $750 billion business of sports. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. October, ladies and gentlemen, that can mean only one thing. Well, it means a lot of things, but one thing is leaves turning. That's not the thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about baseball and incredible pennant races, incredible uh, opportunities for the spotlight in a busy month. And we have a Mets fan, but yet she understands the perspective of baseball in other positive contexts. The digital editor for Reuters, Amy Tenery, how are you? Hey, Rick, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. So obviously big time uh, uh, baseball here. We've got Larry Lucchino, uh, who's been in, in, in the baseball executive circles, probably one of the top development guys from the Orioles and the Padres and now Fenway and the Red Sox. But what's your overall perspective on the health of baseball? I'll give us some numbers, too. But g- give me your give me your perspective. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're the numbers guy, so you're the expert. But just, you know, from a a fan perspective, I think this has just been a really exciting um, postseason for baseball. You know, we've got some um, unique matchups with the Dodgers and the Brewers. To me, it's really a a David and Goliath story. And it's been some really nail-biting games between those two. You know, the Brewers have only clinched one pennant in their entire existence versus the Dodgers that are uh, really – I don't want to say perennial favorites, but certainly uh, recently they have been. And and then over, you know, with the Astros and the Red Sox, both of them have won a World Series championship in the last decade. They seem really, really well matched up. The games have been ultra exciting. I've been seeing Twitter just lighting up during uh, each of these matchups. So uh, it's just been a really, really fun time. It's been a fun time, and it's been a fun time in the boardroom as well. You know, the average baseball values have been up to $1.5 billion. It's up 19%. The numbers are boring to some people, but they're really important to others. The revenue is over $10 billion a year. All of the teams seem to be doing well, except to the bottom-feeding two teams in Florida, and we talked about that in a lot of other places. But you know, one of the biggest issues internationally, over 250 players were born outside the U.S. on opening rosters, and there's been unprecedented labor peace. And, and parity, important. You know, we haven't had a repeat World Series champion over 20 years, and, and so— uh, it's a really good time to be in baseball, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you make a really good point about the uh, international players. I think that's so good for the sport, just in terms of increasing diversity. Anytime you can do that, it, it benefits the entire league. And also really, uh, from a business perspective, also just getting uh, interest outside the U.S. Obviously, uh, Japan is, is one country that has a lot of interest in baseball and growing the sport. But beyond beyond Japan and just uh, really trying to spread it as much as possible. I think that's something that, you know, the NFL can only dream of doing at this point. They just have an international reach that's really building up, and that's exciting to see. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, one of the other issues, Forbes always puts out values that uh, the people in the industry uh, don't like if they're on the bottom and kind of like if they're on the top. But of the top 10 teams in baseball, according to Forbes, only four made the playoffs. So 
money is important. I'd always want money over non-money, but money doesn't always buy you happiness quite clearly. Kind of interesting. Yeah, the Mets are, are proof of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your Mets. No, I didn't really want to talk about your Mets, but you know, by the way, your <laughs> Mets were sixth on the Forbes value, but that didn't get them anywhere this season. Yeah, it did. It got them 10 straight wins out of the box, but it's another story yeah. for another day. Uh, <laughs> Larry Lucchino, we'll talk about his interview after, but he is a titan in baseball and also a really good friend the interview if you hear the crickets it's basically on his porch at his house he sat back and gave me an interesting perspective about edward bennett williams and he at the orioles and his development of camden yards then he goes to petco park develops that facility and the san diego padres comes back revolutionizes fenway does the modernization now working with the Pawtucket, soon-to-be Worcester Red Sox, with the Red Sox organization. Larry Lucchino, a renaissance man, very important in baseball. Here he is now. As you know, I was over at the Kennedy School, or the uh, the uh, John F. Kennedy Library. Talk about two iconic teams. The John Kennedy political team, who celebrated the 100th anniversary on Earth last year, and the Boston Red Sox. And the only way you can do it is compare them tra- track to track and what they have done. And by the way, not comparing this man to John Kennedy, but one of the architects of the Boston Red Sox legacy, Larry Lucchino, at his place. Larry, how are you? Oh, Greg, pretty good. First of all, congratulations. It's now the Worcester Red Sox, the Woe Sox. Uh, What's yeah, the deal? we haven't really uh, focused on the, the name specifically, but. Uh, uh, Woo Sox seems to be uh, uh, one of the early favorites, but uh, uh, whether the team will be known formally as the uh, Worcester Red Sox, as the team was known as the Pawtucket Red Sox, yeah. and then we'll need a nickname uh, to go from there. But we're eager to uh, uh, buckle up and get into this uh, new process. Well, and for you, as far as buckling up, you've buckled up and got into the stadium process five times. It's the Orioles and Camden Yards. It's, it's San Diego. Uh, it's the Red Sox. Then you got to JetBlue Park in the middle of it, right. and then the Paw Sox. So I think we talked about it earlier, the only human being in captivity who've ever done five of these. Congratulations, well, maybe. I, I haven't kept track of that, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I know that my cohort in crime here is going to be Janet Marie Smith. Yeah. And Janet's done quite a few in her time. So you put the uh, two of us together, and you're probably up around uh, uh, nine or ten. Well, and she gets to do the Dodgers and the Nationals uh, in the meantime, and you didn't. You just consent. You trained her, right? So <laughs> I, yeah, she's got I two didn't more. No, I'm not uh, aware of the nationals uh, aspect of oh, it. Oh well, didn't she do some of the nationals with Stan Kasten, or is that not correct? No, Maybe I don't think not. so. All I right. think she did. Uh, she certainly has worked for Stan before in in, in the Braves at the Braves. That may be. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm just I'm confused. You know, Alzheimer's. You're confusing some of the old people. Nonsense. You're so confused. No, but the bottom line of all of this, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, you see Larry at his place. He is rested. He's comfortable. He's mellow. Uh-huh. But he used to be six four about 2.30 with strapping <laughs> black hair. Look at him yeah, now, yeah, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Look at him now. Beat up and worn <laughs> out, but the, uh, the process is worth it. I yeah. must say, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in baseball. I've been in baseball for, well, this will be, next year will be my 40th year. Actually, next year will be my 40th anniversary. I've been in baseball for 39 years, uh, and since uh, August 2nd, uh, 1979, and uh, that by far the hardest things I've ever been engaged in in baseball have been the uh, ballpark bin building efforts that we've done either in Baltimore or San Diego. Or everywhere. What do you think the hardest part is, that, that everybody knows everything? It's the high visibility? Everybody is an expert on green seats, red seats, blue seats? Is well, I think it's a little bit of that. It's uh, You are designing what is perceived as the community's right. asset, and often is the, technically yeah. the community's asset. And so your job is to... Uh, 
is to reach out to various constituencies and make sure that they are satisfied because we all feel like it's our ballpark and we all feel like we have useful opinions in the process. And the reason I think we've been relatively successful is because we've listened to so many constituencies. And it's uh, it's hard to sit down and listen to everyone with their ideas and their um, particularly their, their views of how their part of the uh, experience should go and should be constructed. Acquired taste. you got to understand what you're doing and you have to have some expertise based on prior successes and maybe prior failures. If you look at one of these stadium processes as one individual process, you're going to fail a few times before you finally get it done. Nobody remembers the failure, they just remember the building. Well, that's true, and we learn from our failures and yeah. our mistakes as well along the way. But we've had uh, good luck because our ballparks have been uh, um, things that we liked uh, as baseball fans, first and foremost, but they've also been things that have been win-win propositions for the city, the state, yeah. the county, whatever has been involved with us, and that's a real point of pride, too. This is not just uh, make the ballpark solid and sustainable and uh, the team sustainable, but also do something, uh, using it as an urban planning device, yeah. using it as a catalyst for redevelopment. Uh, it, it really does work those uh, those ways in, in the right context. Not every ballpark uh, is designed the right way. It's put in the right place yes. for these kinds of uh, significant uh, collateral benefits, but they are there. there. Um, there is a Walsh tree. There is a Holmgren tree. There is a Lucino tree. You've got a pretty significant. You've got Sam Kennedy. You've got Theo. You ought to be proud of all. The Red Sox are playing really well. The Cubs are, are have played well. Yeah, Somebody yeah. said they're about to win a World Series. Oh, they did a couple of years ago. Yeah. But these are all disciples. I mean, how do you? How does that make you feel? Well, it makes me feel uh, very good actually yeah. because it's. Uh, you know, the, the job of a CEO in any industry, yeah. and particularly in the baseball or sports business, is to hire well, hire, well, hire the right people. We looked in a couple of different uh, uh, pools for, for applicants. We didn't just go to the standard mm-hmm. of um, places where uh, baseball uh, executives came from. We looked at uh, uh, different pools, different places, and uh, Mike D is another example of someone we brought from the paint industry to the sports industry. He's done exceedingly well. To the TV industry, yeah. yeah. And uh, like Charles Steinberg, of course, uh, yeah. was on his way to being the uh, team dentist when we pulled him into the uh, mainstream. <laughs> And now he's he's now the president of the Paw Sox. And that's uh, on and on and on. But I guess the answer is too that that you are a you're a great doer, but you're also a great teacher. What, what's the what's the one kind of skill overall that's made you successful in in the, in, the, well, in life? That's a hard question. Yeah. Um, well, there are two things I would say. First of all, it's not just what I have done or I can do. It's really been, uh, there's a lot of faith and uh, fortuitousness about it. And you've got to be, uh, recognize that. It keeps you humble and it also uh, uh, keeps you from uh, from making too many mistakes if you rely only on your own instincts and your own experience. Uh, and the second thing I, I suppose has been, uh, the quality of uh, people that we have hired. I remember when, when Jan Murray Smith yeah. uh, sent us a uh, letter over the transom in, uh, in in Baltimore in 1979. Calvin Hill was our yeah. vice president for yeah. player personnel, and uh, he sent me a, gave me a handful of letters to sign that were essentially kiss-off letters. And I, I looked at them, and I looked through them, and I saw Janet's. And I said, Calvin, here's a, a woman who's got a, de- a degree in architecture, got uh, another degree in urban planning. Uh, she's done big city uh, redevelopment kinds of projects. 
I am drowning here in, in, in Camden Yards. Why don't we bring her in for an interview and at least talk to her? So uh, I remember uh, she came into uh, Morrow Stadium and she was walking over towards my desk and I said, uh, wait, before you sit down, tell me which league has a designated hitter. She said, I'm offended by the question. I Good. said, Good, Good, sit down. I think we can talk. <laughs> and the rest is history, as they say, as far as Jan Marie is concerned. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a, a really key in your leadership style as well. You get to reflect back on a long storied career that's not over yet. I, I could ask you which process was the most fun for you, building the Padres, the, the Orioles, the Red Sox? Uh, I'm tempted not to ask it, but I'm going to. Okay. Well, they're all different flavors of ice cream. Yeah. You know, they were all good in their own way, and they all had their their issues uh, as well. But uh, some of the greatest elements of satisfaction, just off the top of my head, would have to come from uh, Camden Yards Clearly. in Baltimore, the, the yeah. first place where Edward Ben Williams, who was the team owner, gave me the chance to... Uh, to uh, negotiate and design wow. that ballpark. Um, enormous satisfaction, of course, with the Red Sox. This is Mecca up here uh, for a baseball executive. And uh, the, the uh, three championships in a decade and the uh, uh, preservation and improvement of Fenway Park and the uh, expansion of the Red Sox in the community. These are three of the things we said at our first press conference that we wanted to do. We saw them as fundamental obligations of ownership, and the fact that we accomplished them is a source of great pride. Well, and expanding on that, it's all—it's about the fifth-year anniversary of the bombing past April, and Boston Strong. I see you have a Jimmy Fund shirt on too. Yeah. Philanthropy is incredibly important to you specifically, and the Red Sox as well. Talk about it. Well, at our first press conference here in in, in Boston, that was December twenty-first, two thousand and one. We talked about these fundamental obligations of ownership, and one of them we said was fielding a team worthy of the fans' support. A second was uh, improving, uh, uh, expanding, uh, making better Fenway Park, preserving and improving Fenway Park. Third was to market aggressively like a small market team. And the fourth was to be an active participant in the community. We saw that as an opportunity and an obligation of sports team owners. And so we've gone and tried to do that as much as we can. It gives us a good feeling. It makes us uh, an integral part of the community. And uh, we do some, uh, some good for the fairness and humaneness of a community in the process. So it's always been important to us. The answer to this will change, not based on the substance necessarily, but your leverage and experience level as you get wiser, parentheses older. <laughs> what is the, you have magic wand, you have one thing to change in baseball, what is it? Oh my goodness, wow. <laughs> I think, well right now, I mean, if you're asking me this question today, today. Uh, I would say it would probably be uh, the pace of the game, the speed of the game. I think it really does have to be uh, Accelerated. We've always thought of ourselves as being a little different from uh, other sports. So you're going to cut out advertising revenue for 30 seconds, or you're going to put a Charlie Finley clock on the ball? What everybody well, says, we want to speed Finley it up. What, what, what do you want to do? Charlie Finley. We've been doing that at yeah, AAA, yeah, the I know. Red yeah. Sox. We've been uh, we we, put, we had a clock on uh, the uh, time between pitches. Yeah. We had a clock on the time between innings. Consequently, our games are 10 or 15 minutes shorter than they were a few years ago. So I think that that would work without Help. damaging the fundamental essence of the game. Yeah. Are you, ha are you happy with where the game is? 
Uh, yes, uh, for the most part I am, I must say. Uh, the dailiness of it is still its greatest charm. The um, unpredictability of it is still its uh, great charm. Um, um, its centrality when we were growing up was uh, was greater, of course, than it is now. There's just more things to do. Well, there were like five teams when we were growing up. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. So it felt that way. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, I, I do think that there are challenges, but it's within the wit of man and the people mm-hmm. in baseball to solve those challenges. They're going to come up from time to time. What baseball can't do is bury its head, and it won't under this commissioner. Um, you've done five. Is there room in your life for one more? Oh, my gosh. We're just, uh, as I said it the other day, I, I was a little pretentious in our, our, our press event last week when I said that uh, this was not the end. This was not even the beginning of the end. It was the end of the beginning okay. in very Churchillian terms. Yeah, but that was referring to uh, the uh, Worcester, not... Uh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. true. But I'm asking you a different question. We've only done four and a half. So we've only done four and a half. We haven't done... Uh, the Worcester uh, yeah. project, the downtown redevelopment and the ballpark, right. and uh, so we've gotten we've done the hardest part, which is building the consensus, getting support, doing the overall uh, set of agreements that are required. But now, uh, in fact, I talked to Jenna Murray earlier today. We're talking about sitting down and let's get to the fun part. Let's yeah. start designing something that looks and feels and tastes and smells like Worcester. So Larry is not only a Renaissance guy, but very hospitable at his house. And he's been a type A baseball guy for years. Good to see him talk about his perspective on the world of baseball from a guy who's basically seen it all, done it all. Amy, what do you think? Yeah, you know, you make a good point. He has seen it all. He's done it all. As you mentioned earlier, he's been directly involved in the management of, uh, or the business management, I should say, of three major league baseball teams. Um, And it was really um, charming uh, to hear him talk about how much has stayed the same for him, even since he was watching the sport as a kid. You know, he talks about how um, really the stadium and the team are a community asset. He talks about how it was so important for him to to make a team that's worthy of the fans and how baseball still decades later has this dailiness that he says is really part of its great charm. And, and that was so encouraging for me to hear. You know, but one thing that he did say has really changed actually in the sport is the centrality of it. It's not a central figure in sports fans' day-to-day lives the way it was maybe when he was a kid. And he said that has to do with a lot of other, you know, different distracting options. And that's, you know, really what we're seeing right now in October. The NFL is in full swing. The NBA kicked off uh, this week. Uh, The NHL is about two weeks into its regular season. And so even with a really exciting um, postseason matchups, the MLB has a lot of competition. So I'm sort of interested for your perspective, Rick, how do these leagues compete with each other in all of this October congestion? Or are they not really competing against each other at all? Are they actually benefiting from the fact that sports is at the forefront at every level? Well, first, a where's Waldo answer. Part of the, the interesting thing here in South Texas, in addition to escaping these cataclysmic floods, is that the Grand Prix of the Americas is here in Austin. I'm doing some taping of that. And the Houston Astros end up in the ALCS two hours down the road. San Antonio Spurs, Houston Rockets open up two hours down the road. Tillman Frittitta, the owner of the Houston Rockets, thinking about bringing an NHL team in. The Texans and the Cowboys moving forward. So again, it's not just in Boston where Larry talked about it, but it's everywhere around the country. Now, 
most people would say that the tide lifts all boats, which is kind of an interesting analogy given the Noah's Ark opportunities here in Dallas and in South Texas. But it is really true in an industry that is a trillion dollar industry, corporations and others get all excited about the numbers getting better and more people watching things, not just television, but digital and platforms. So best practices and creativity is a way to answer your question. If somebody has an idea digitally or otherwise in one sport, you can be sure that people in other sports are going to take advantage of it largely because they can't afford not to. And then the other issue on this one is it does make it important to understand that the more people involved in other sports then help the storytelling that will bring people to the televisions and digitally to watch other sports. So I do think rather than being competitive, it is a compatible world that we live in from the sports perspective. Uh, what else turned you on about the Lucino interview? Well, one thing that was really interesting to me, and I know it's a topic we've discussed a lot, and I mentioned earlier this idea of um, a stadium being a community asset. Um, and that's something that I think is is going to come up more and more, you know, when people um, debate public-private partnerships, you know, that's not a controversy I think is going to go away anytime soon. Um, and obviously not an issue that really came up for him with the Red Sox, but he makes a really good point about trying to sell the stadium and I guess to a further extent the team as belonging to this community. Um, so I, I thought that was an interesting perspective on the, you know, stadium questions. And, um, you know, I, I, I would love to hear him kind of expound more on, on, um, on, on how he sort of created a, a Red Sox team, as he said, was worthy of the fans. Obviously, he came into the business in 2001 and you know, three years later, they had gotten another World Series championship. Um, so I thought that was really interesting as well. Well, and he's been in the business from a lot of different perspectives, as we said. He was the first one to basically create this whole Camden Yards model. And he's now doing it in Worcester, Mass. And the reason we're talking to him about this relevancy is that not just the Red Sox, but that facility in Worcester for AAA has to be a community facility. They've played at McCoy Stadium at Pawtucket for 40 some odd years, and this has to be a rallying cry. And he has a tried and true formula that he worked on in Boston and San Diego and Baltimore, and he takes it to other places. And so the bottom line is Major League Baseball looks good. Minor League Baseball looks good. It's in good hands with people like Larry Lucchino. And as we get into the boardroom and World Series and beyond, we understand how important baseball is to American life and also people who run it from a bottom to the top. Rick Haro, see you next time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Our producer, Alex Cohen, associate producer, Freddie Joyner, assistance provided by Carlos Swadek, Tanner Simpkins, Jesse Leeds, and Jamie Swimmer, and the executive editor of Reuters Digital, Dan Calaruso. I'm Rick Haro. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.